This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the broadcast for Sunday, December the 18th, 2011. And this is the final installment of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett for 2011. Of course, next Sunday is uh, Christmas, and uh, uh, the new AM740 has a, uh, a full day of uh, wonderful Christmas music programmed for you, so I will have the night off. I will be fireside with the little ones and uh, roasting some chestnuts, perhaps enjoying a, uh, a glass of mulled wine, kind of a traditional Victorian Christmas, maybe, over at the Serrett household. Anyway, uh, welcome to the program. A little bit later, uh, around midnight, as um, they say, around midnight, uh, Patrick White, a dear friend of the program, of course, he is the uh, co-owner, founder of Conspiracy Culture, uh, Canada's only shop dedicated to uh, conspiracies, and a wonderful bookstore. If you haven't been, please go down and check it out. It's one of those destinations. People come in from all over Ontario, uh, 1696 Queen Street West. Patrick will be here. Uh, with his, we're going to call this the Conspiracy Reader segment. And every year, uh, I guess this is the third installment, he comes equipped with a must-read list uh, for uh, conspiracy, uh, paranormal, supernatural material, but primarily conspiracy stuff. And he's got just a a bookstore that's uh, loaded to the rafters with uh, great books. 1696 Queen Street West, again, in uh, Roncesvalles. Patrick White will be here at uh, midnight, and then at 12.30 to uh, take us on home, we'll uh, round out our own top conspiracies of 2011 with uh, our uh, researcher, media scientist, uh, friend Nelson Thal, longtime JFK assassination researcher, uh, talking about the top conspiracies of 2011, which reminds me, uh, I won't have a chance to talk to uh, before, uh, December the 29th. On December the 29th, I'll be on uh, Canada AM uh, CTV. On uh, the 29th, I'm not sure what day that is offhand, but it's uh, 8.40 in the morning, and they've asked me to uh, to give them my list of the top conspiracies for 2011. So uh, we'll do that. Right now, however, uh, I uh, I first met uh, my, uh, my first guest while uh, filming an episode for the Conspiracy Television Program, and we did 
in Season 2, another episode dedicated to past life regressions. The um, the, the first one we did in Season 1, we got so much tremendous uh, feedback that we decided to do a, a second regression uh, on, uh, on the TV show. And that's when I met um, Debbie Papadakis, who, um, you know, she's... We're going to find out what makes a great hypnotist because she's one of the the best anywhere. Uh, in fact, she was featured in Oprah Winfrey's magazine. O. Is that what? No. What, what is Oprah Winfrey's magazine called? The it's O magazine. The O magazine. Anyway, Debbie, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Thank you so much for having me here today, Richard. And I thank you and hi to everybody around the world. And uh, the, the Hypno, uh, Hypno Healing Institute yes. is uh, located here in Toronto. Yes, it's located at uh, 355 Kill Street in Toronto, and our contact information is telephone 416-760-8996, and our website is www.hypno-healing.com. Excellent. Now, what makes a great hypnotist? Why are you world-renowned? Well, um, thank you for, for telling me that I am... I am a great hypnotist. I have been working with hypnosis for about more than 15 years. I do care for people a lot. I am a people's person. I I don't put myself first. I, I take care of the people. And the other thing I do, I have trained a lot from anybody that had something to teach me for the last 15 or 18 years. I've been taking classes every year. I would have at least five, six different classes somewhere in the world. Because it doesn't matter how much you know, you always there is a more to know. So that's what I think makes me um, makes me good at my work. And but there's must, there must be something else uh, that you have, Debbie, that others don't. I mean, is it a gift? Is it, it Not everyone can learn, I'm guessing, to be a hypnotist uh, uh, or a, a achieve that certain level. Is it because hypnotism is about relaxing the person, allowing them... We hypnotize our, the, the client hypnotizes themselves, correct? That's right. You, hypnosis is a self-hypnosis. If, if you ask me how many people I have hypnotized, I would tell you only one, myself. The rest of them, they have, I assist in them to hypnotize, but they hypnotize themselves. That's why I'm, I'm wondering if it's if it's a <coughs> gift, because you told me that you, you met this gentleman once, and you virtually hypnot, had, allowed him to hypnotize himself almost instantaneously. Well, we do. We do hypnotize people instantaneously quite quite often because, it's, again, how much you allow yourself to let go of fear. If you, we can hypnotize people in a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds. Uh, that, that to me is astounding. Well, it's, uh, to me it's not because it's such a natural thing. Hypnosis is a very natural thing. It's uh, focus attention. So if I talk to you right now and you focus exactly at my words, and you don't hear the sound that comes from outside, you're hypnotized. Three quarters of a day, we're hypnotized ourselves, Richard. And uh, Yeah, sitting in front of a television. In front of a television. I'm, I have a son who likes TV, and I will go next to him, and I will call his name. And uh, I will call his name again. And then the third time, I will call really his name loud. And yes. he'll say, yes, Mom. Basically, he is hypnotized by the television. Um, we're hypnotized by anything, by listening to music, by cooking, by... Um, 
No matter what you it's do. It's a change in our brain waves, right? That's right. What are we going into, like a, a beta or a theta? Well, or? we can go to all those levels, but in hypnosis, we use we use different measurement. Our measurements are from zero to, from one to six. The first level, we basically just, just getting ready to focus just a little bit. The second level, we start feeling our, we can make our body feel very stiff. The third level, we even forget numbers. If I give you a suggestion, you forget number, you forget the numbers. The fourth level, we can put somebody in a place that they don't feel the body. In other words, they don't feel pain anymore. Fifth level, we can even see things that are uh, are not there. <laughs> and the sixth level is we don't see things that are there I, with appropriate suggestions. And we'll, and we'll talk about some of those different levels in particular uh, a little bit later. We're going to delve into... Uh, the reason that I met you, and that was a, a past life regression. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about past life regressions and, and how hypnosis can allow someone uh, to experience a past life. Uh, and uh, you know, you know uh, Debbie, I've led, laid my cards on the table. Uh, uh, I'm, I, I, I don't, my, my faith does not uh, allow for reincarnation, but at the same time, I've witnessed so many past life regressions on, on this radio uh, show, on the TV show, that I know that there's something going on, that the experience is real. The question is, what is it? And, and we'll talk about that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and and w w when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll also talk about some of the other things that hypnosis uh, can do. I th we know we're all familiar with uh, uh, these um, smoking cessation programs that involve hypnosis and how we can become more creative using hypnosis or uh, stop any sort of uh, uh, destructive uh, behavior or habit or enhance other positive habits, as I say, creativity or confidence, all of these things possible through hypnosis. Debbie Papadakis, my guest, from the Hypno Healing Institute here in Toronto, will open up the phone lines in just a little while and uh, ask you about past lives. All right, welcome aboard The Conspiracy Show. David Gaskin is uh, abling, assisting, flying the spacecraft through the night, and I hope you'll be with us for the duration. My name is Richard Serrett. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. Just before uh, George Genescu, the avuncular, affable host of Big Band Sunday Night uh, um, left, he, I introduced him to, uh, to Debbie, and uh, I think it's okay to mention this, but he consented off the air. George Genescu has agreed that sometime early in 2012 he will undergo a past life regression live on the air here on uh, the new AM740. Uh, Debbie Papadakis, our, um, our past life uh, regression therapist, she's a hypno-healing uh, therapist, uh, will be leading George Genescu into some previous incarnation, and that 
my friends, is uh, something you want to uh, stay tuned for. That will be interesting. Here's a man who has had probably nine lives during his current incarnation. <laughs> uh, and uh, what? I can't even imagine what George Genescu was in a previous life, in one of his previous lives. But we're going to find out live on the air uh, sometime in 2012. So stay tuned. All right, Debbie. Um, how does... How does it work? How does hypnosis allow someone to quit smoking or to quit drugs or alcohol or become a more creative person? How, how does that work? Well, uh, excuse me. First of all, hypnosis is a is a um, a way for us to enter a state that we don't we let go of the chatter. Okay, so it's focus attention. So when the person is in a hypnotic state, they follow the instructions if they agree. If they agree, they will follow the instructions you you give them, and they will accept if they accept the suggestions. Now, if they don't, nothing's going to happen. If they accept the suggestions, then they will follow those suggestions. So for me, doing hypnosis is two ways. One way, I can hypnotize somebody and just give them suggestions. And the other way, I can hypnotize somebody and I will go there and I start I start digging at and questioning and questioning and questioning and find out the person was in that state and they they don't try to control it, try to understand it. They will speak automatically. They will say whatever comes into their their thoughts and their mind and that is a part of our subconscious information. So in order for us to enter that subconscious information, um, is, is, uh, is, uh, we hypnotize the person, we go there and then start digging to find out what is the problem. What's the emotion associated to some of their um, uh, behaviors or thoughts or feelings? So we take those feelings and we trace them back. And once we trace the feeling back automatically, if the issue started in another life, another time, another situation, it could be in genealogical times. It could be when you're in the womb. could be when you're in a past life. could be in early childhood. Once we, uh, we access that information, then we go and we transform that information. We change it. We transmute that negative feeling, that trauma, that negative feeling, that something that's controlled that issue. And once you take that away and you transform it, get the fear out, all of a sudden the person feels uh, okay. Then we ask for the subconscious to take that information, the new information, which is fearless or feeling good, all the way to the now, and it knows how to do it. The mind is incredible, knows how to do all those things if we know how to word it properly. So through a regression, if you're taking a person back to childhood, maybe yeah. something that they don't even remember but their subconscious is held on to. That's right. Th you're, you're, you're going to the root of the problem and discovering. Uh, let's say, for example, it's not, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a phobia a person has. Mm -hmm. Let's say they have, they're absolutely terrified of the water, but they don't know why. That's right. So you take them back. Wherever to, they're going to go. Whenever they're going to go. They could go to past life. They could go to some, some uh, when they're two years old, they're three years old. Uh, uh, they could go to any time that something happened they don't even remember. And they will tell me a story. Now, I'm not 100% sure if that story is 100% true. However, I think it has some truth to it. It may not be the details of the story truth. In other words, 
the let's say for example the fear of the water mm-hmm. uh, comes from a previous life and that person was a sailor in the in the British Marine that's and, right. and they drowned that's right. aboard a ship a that's very death. common that's very common but what you're saying to me now is that past life experience might not be a genuine past life but it doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter because it, could, it will heal the person it will heal the minute you get rid of that fear that emotion at the moment that person is drowning which is the fearful trauma stay within the person within the cells of the person the memory of the person once we reverse that and we can reverse it with many different ways first of all by just seeing it the person loses 10% of the fear but then I will ask the person in a different ways different way I'm going to may do it but I may just say imagine yourself you are beyond your body beyond you have passed to another level another consciousness and they experience peacefulness they experience love they experience uh, they experience uh, good feelings so then i'm going to ask them from those from that position to look at their life that they had just let go and what were the lessons they learned what were the best thing they've done in that life what else could they have done to have a better life what was the trauma that let them go and by just experiencing this feelings and just evaluating takes few minutes and looking back and sending love to the people that they love sending love, love to themselves to the future all of a sudden that fear is gone because remember the fear was the moment the person is drowning okay right after they drown, then they go into the peaceful state. And so, I have done that with many people. So you could resolve someone's fear, fear of water in, during, in one hypnosis? Um, most times, yes. How about could you stop cigarette smoking in one hypnosis? Um, I would stop smoking. I usually have four hours, which is basically two sessions. Two regressions. Well, it doesn't have to be a regression. It could no. be suggestion given. Okay. Because a smoking is a habit. Okay, that's not necessarily rooted in a past life. No. No. Smoking is mm, most... But the behavior that caused the need for nicotine could be rooted in a past life. The behavior, again, if it's a memory, quite often would be a memory. If a parent is smoking, if the grandfather is smoking and the parent is, the, the child is two years mm-hmm. old and they, and they love the grandfather and the grandfather is smoking in the corner, to them, love equals that smell of smoking. And then when they're looking for love, when they start growing up, they pick up the cigarette and that to them represents love. And it's a complicated thing, but then we have to go back and, and make them understand that smoking is not, uh, you can love your grandpa without the smoking. Right. Debbie Papadakis is here from the Hypno Healing Institute uh, here in Toronto. Um, we'll, we'll take a time out in just a moment, but Debbie, let me ask you. I, I, I've met a number of past life regression therapists, and uh, they've um, totally blown my mind with some amazing case studies. In one instance, uh, there was, I believe, a, um, a lawyer, high-powered lawyer, uh, and he was, um, he would go into these inexplicable periods of, of, uh, of depression and profound sadness, even mm-hmm. though everything in his life was going along tickety-boo. He w- and he had these tremendous feelings of guilt, and he couldn't explain it. Mm-hmm. He underwent a regression, and what he discovered was, in a previous life, apparently, he was a Nazi concentration camp guard. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine the horror... Mm-hmm. that he would have witnessed and, and, and felt responsible for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and after the regression, realized who he was and, 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 and came to terms with that, uh, 
those those periods of, of uh, melancholy and and, uh, and, uh, and and guilt were gone. Yes. Uh, another instance, a, a woman came in to see a hypno uh, a hypnotherapist, a regression therapist, and she and her husband could not not get along. Mm-hmm. For the thirty years of their marriage, a, a day didn't go by where they were not arguing, and and um, uh, it never came to blows. Thank goodness, but they were constantly um, at each other. Mm-hmm. She went finally. She had enough. She went to a regression therapist, and he regressed her. She went back into a previous life. She was in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. She was engaged in hand hand to hand combat with someone from the Confederate Army. She was a man in the previous life. Uh, fighting with the, the Union, the North, mm-hmm. and she discovered that this person that she was fighting with in hand-to-hand com- combat in the Confederate uniform, that was her husband Yes, in this life. Yes. That's very common, very common, specifically relationship issues. Almost, I will not say 100%, but almost 90%, if we have more than 90%, if we have a, a couple that they cannot get along together, and the same time they cannot split split up t- together, to me is um, uh, I have worked with them in an interesting way, trying to fix their problems in this life. And doesn't matter how much work I do, there's still something left. The minute I take them to past life, there is always a contract, and I work with that hundreds of times, thousands of times. There is a contract is made at the time those people were. I don't know, brother, sister, uh, partners in another life, and one left the other. Maybe they were at war. One went to work. And a few weeks ago, I worked with a person. One person went to work, and they promised I'll come back. And when they come back, they, they, the person uh, had died already. And then in their mind, they, they felt so guilty, so horrible, so upset that this brought them such a sad feelings. And, and they were looking for that person in this life there are couples that uh, one is very obsessive about the other and the other doesn't uh, want to deal with them and so by the time we brought them back we I work with only one uh, the issues were clear because the person uh, realized what they had done in other words we tend to travel from one life to another with the same group of people yes so in one life uh, your wife might have been your father. Yes. Uh, in a previous life, it may have been your uh, that person may have been your cousin. Yeah. Uh, and now that person is your your wife. So yeah. we travel with the same group of people. That's uh, right. From one incarnation. That's fascinating. All right, we'll take another time out yes. and uh, return with Debbie Papadakis coming up later on the program. Uh, Patrick White will be here with his must conspiracy uh, read list. His must read list for conspiracies uh, for 2011 and. Uh, to close out the show, Nelson Thaler, media scientist, will be here to uh, talk about the top conspiracies of 2011. And uh, Debbie Papadakis stays with us until uh, midnight. We'll um, we'll talk more about past life regressions. We'll open up the phone lines as well. And Debbie is actually going to uh, uh, to one caller who who believes uh, that they they have had a, a past life. She's actually going to attempt to uh, to regress that person off air over the phone during a commercial break and uh, and then we'll bring them back on the air and uh, hopefully if this works 
will fly by the seat of our pants, we may actually have an opportunity to witness a past life regression live on the air. Stay with us. I hope you're enjoying this final broadcast of 2011, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides, you're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. The truth will set you free, but first, it'll really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Debbie Papadakis is uh, with us from the Hypno Healing Institute, 355 Kiel Street Street here in Toronto. Yes, at uh, www.hypno-healing.com. And you're going to have a, hip, uh, a, a hip, hypnosis workshop. How does that work? Okay. Now, uh, January 4th, every year, we, uh, all hypnotists around the world, we promote hypnosis. So we have workshops. We have uh, many people who have uh, different things. I will have a workshop at uh, my office, which is only fits about 50, 55 people. The last uh, workshop we had, uh, we had to stop the, the, um, the registration three days before because there were too many people. We cannot handle more than 50. 55 people and um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a three-hour workshop a three-hour workshop and this three-hour workshop is going the first uh, half an hour or 40 minutes I'm going to talk about hypnosis I'm going to talk about how we block ourselves by achieving our goals and then um, um, anyway I'm going to explain hypnosis what it is how it works and um and then I'm going to take one person and hypnotize in front of everybody, uh, clear some of their blockages. At, at this particular workshop, we're going to do, we're going to clear blockages. Because people are blocked from achieving their goals, from becoming who they meant to be in reality. And uh, they live in a very limited life. And this is exactly what my focus is to help them to overcome that. So, and then the last hour, I'm going to hypnotize the whole group and everybody's going to clear at least some of their blockages. Uh, those workshops, I've been doing them for the last six years and almost about 10 a year almost monthly, and they're very successful, um, and we really, really get um, busy. Now, the workshops are $25. You can register at www.hypno-healing.com, and I I believe already 25 tickets are sold already, and we just put it up a couple of days ago. They can register that, through the website? Yes, and or, or they can call our office, okay. 416-760-8996. Oh, and the money, most of the money will go to a local charity. And perhaps you guys have a research here, some charity will donate to your charity if you wish to. Oh, that's very kind of you. Well, I, I can certainly uh, uh, look into that. What, okay. Yes. All right. Thank we'll we'll, we'll uh, discuss that further. Thank you. So uh, let's go back to past life regressions. I know there's so much more to hypnosis than past life regressions, mm-hmm. but, you know, this is a, a program that's dedicated to the paranormal and the supernatural and alternative thoughts. So obviously we gravitate towards the past life aspect. Um, can you tell me about a particularly a profound a case that you've had where a person came in with a with a some present day issue they went back in time to a previous life and resolved it can you tell me uh, I can tell you and right now comes to my head a lady who could not make money 
could not make money. She was broke all the time. I took her back into past life and she saw herself as a, a business owner and she had lost her money, had lost her business. And she felt so uncomfortable. She was watching people come in and taking her stuff and her money. And she made the decision, I will never have money again because it's too painful to lose it. Therefore, I will not have money again. When was this past life? What, what, what? This past life was a couple, two past lives before. It was somewhere in Europe. I don't have exactly the details right in my head, but it was a time that she lost her Right. It was a big thing. And from that time on, she could not, never have money. Um, another one I think of people, I, I had a guy with arthritis. We took it back, and he was living in some kind, uh, um, not ex exactly, I don't remember the details, but it was something he was sent away. We were sent away to a mountain because they were killing the whole everybody around, and this person got uh, wet and and uh, uh, he basically died in the mountains, and it was somewhere in Turkey, somewhere in the um, in uh, those around those areas, right. and then he died there, and the body held on to this wetness to this uh, horrible feelings of being left alone and the body had become full with arthritis. After that, the arthritis were gone. The arthritis was gone after that. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Now, I, I, uh, exp I witnessed a regression at another radio station. A colleague of mine uh, was taken back. He was a tax collector in the north of England. He knew during the regression uh, uh, geographical information, the names of rivers, villages. He really had, uh, had no in knowledge of England, uh, of that area, he told me afterwards. Mm -hmm. And he was speaking in an English accent, a pretty good one. Mm -hmm. um, so he was a medieval tax collector. And uh, the details were, were, were astounding. Um, do people often talk in accents or speak other languages? I had two times people, twice out of the thousands I've, I've done, twice people were speaking in a different language. And in fact, one lady was from India, but he, she, was, she grew up in England, so she had an English accent. And when I took her back, she was, she was speaking in a Slavic language. Were you able to verify that it was an actual language and not just gibberish? Um, I had asked people to, but I couldn't. I couldn't record it. Record it back. But the the accent was so. It was very Slavic language. Yes. I didn't have anybody to go and right, verify right. it. But but it was it was to totally the way this person can talk in this language. Amazing, amazing. And um, I had another person who was talking uh, German. And we verify that. I think that is somewhere in one of my tapes. And this somewhere. person previously had no knowledge of the German no, language. No, no knowledge. No knowledge. See, I'm I'm confused, um, Debbie. As as you know, I'm a Orthodox Christian. I I don't believe in reincarnation. It doesn't it doesn't mesh with my faith. Yet I've witnessed enough to know something is going on. What other explanations are there? Uh, I mean, if it's not a past life, assuage my. My confusion here. Well, uh, what else? What else could it be? Well, f f let's let's look at how many people, thousands of people, right now they claim in uh, that they have a near death experience. Yes, we have heard of that a lot. Yes, and those people they can tell you, and they were documented hundreds and thousands of cases where they are under the table, where the doctor operates, and all that, and then 
according to their uh, to their technology they're dead according to the doctor these yes. people are dead for a few minutes whatever and after when they come back they tell you they tell you exactly what the conversation was how these people trying to to to, to bring, revive them revive yeah. them and they can tell you details yes. but they there are cases even better than that when a, a blind person a blind person who had never seen in life was able to 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 talk about colors and the how they look and everything else right so what what's happening according to the medical society these people are dead yes so how are they able to see beyond after the, that moment that the heartbeat is yeah they have how could they have memories when the brain yeah because clearly it's it to me it's evidence that the that consciousness uh, is outside of the body mm-hmm. our consciousness exists outside of the body well i believe it's uh, the outside but also inside of the body mm-hmm. or uh, it's, it's both inside and yes, outside yes. so but for me in order for me to trace somebody to take them back into whatever time they will go usually i ask them where do they feel that tension where do they feel this emotion where do they feel something in their body in other words we're really going and looking at the memories of the cells the memories of the body and then if i ask the question to go back the first and the source, the beginning of this feeling, whatever the feeling, we can name it. Go back the first time and give me a fast answer. They will tell me quite often it's past life only because, only because the answer came first from past life. And you give them a couple of minutes, all of a sudden they can describe anything. Right. Now, some people are not visual, so they will not see things. If the people are kinesthetic, they will feel things. If people are auditory, they will hear things. If people are visuals, they will see more details. Right. So the cases you're talking about are more details because people are able to see things. Right, what I'm They're saying is, but I, what I guess what I'm asking is, if it's not a past life, what are some of the other explanations for what these people are experiencing? Is it, could it be in some instances uh, just sort of a fantasy life that the, you know, the brain is remarkable uh, in that, in, I guess in a certain state, it can sort and cre- it can create, it could create a, a timeline or a storyline. Or it could be, as you, I think you mentioned once to me, it could be, the, a, a, it could be something in their DNA. It could be a memory of an ancestor. It could be, of course, it can be a memory of an ancestor. Also, can be a memory. Can be a memory that you've seen it on TV or and uh, read it in a book. Yes. And this became almost like you, but it's affecting you in some level. Yes. That's why it helps for the healing purpose. For the healing purpose, helps all the way. Yes. It doesn't matter if it was doesn't an actual ma- past life. It yeah. doesn't even matter if you believe it. If right. you, even if you don't believe in it, still works. Did you believe in past lives before you became a hypnotist? No. No. I was very skeptical about it. I had many situations. I I heard, in fact, I went through past life. I went through the experience, and I thought, what is this all about? I had to really, really, really evaluate. But I see more and more work is done so much. I, 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 out of every second client I have will go through a past life experience. I don't spend too much in details because I'm looking for the emotions to transform the emotions and to change them in order for yes. healing to happen. This is I focus on that work and totally transformation and the healing and change behavior, change thinking, change relationships, creates different, better life. Uh, but for me, I, for someone like myself uh, that, that that doesn't accept pass, uh, doesn't accept reincarnation, mm-hmm. if I were to undergo a regression, uh, would I then be a poor candidate because I'm going into the regression as someone who doesn't believe in reincarnation? 
uh, doesn't believe is not the biggest thing. The biggest thing if you have a fear of it or if you go with the analytical mind. Because think of it, just think of this. Think of uh, uh, three plates, okay? Three plates, one inside the other. Yes. The outside plate will be the conscious mind. Yes. That holds the, the thinking, the, the rationale, the logic, the questioning, uh, all that. Yes. The middle plate will be the subconscious mind, which, cre- which holds the emotions. In other words, a thought comes in, I automatically the emotion takes over. That's okay. Do you understand that? I'm trying to. Anyway, so we have the conscious at the outside, the the subconscious in the middle, which is basically the um, feelings, association, uh, feelings, emotions, love, hate, anger, all this also beliefs, also beliefs, which says I'm good enough, I'm not good enough, and that has emotions associated too. And then the middle part is the body, the body response. The response of the body is called the autonomic uh, bodily function. In other words, the autonomic parts of uh, your eyes are blinking, your blood is circulating, things that you don't see what's happening in your body. Right. Your body gets hot, cold, and all that. So when I ask you the question, uh, anything you remember is at the conscious level, anything you don't remember is at the subconscious. So when we ask uh, questions and we're going to fast answer, we get it from the subconscious. Okay. A fast answer will be out of the subconscious. If you don't think, you get the answer. However, people like you, you will go there, start thinking, questioning. You go, I'm going to ask the question. You're going to start thinking. That's my problem. It's, yes, thinking. I analyze everything. Okay. If you analyze, you cannot allow to go. You cannot be in the subconscious and analyzing. Do right. you understand that? That's right, yes. You cannot do that. Or you are the conscious or subconscious. So I might I might not be a good candidate. If you if you start analyzing or not, because the an- analysis to me means, well, you say, let me think about it. Well, this thinking doesn't exist in that place. Although, I mean, my wife would, the mighty Aphrodite would attest that I can be hypnotized by the TV. She'll be saying something to me. And uh, then she'll say, are you deliberately turning me out, tuning, <laughs> tuning me out? And I'll say, no, I'm a great listener. Just ask the TV. <laughs> All right, Virginia is on the line. Virginia, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hi, Virginia. She's in uh, Caister, Ontario. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, Virginia, yes. go ahead. I understand that you've... I can ex- hardly hear you. You sound as though you're in Timbuktu. Uh, we are doing the show live from Timbuktu tonight. Uh, you, you are... <laughs> uh, okay, so you have experienced a, reg- a regression, Virginia. I've gone into four regressions. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I went into twice the same life. And I have taken people to those places in this life and um, also asked questions when I got there, which made them very uncomfortable because how did I know these questions? Where were you taken in a previous life? What was the previous life? Um, when I traveled through Europe, I went to several of them and took these people to these places. One was Geneva, one was Rome, right? Right, And right. one was in Sicily. And what time frame are we talking about when you were taken back? What year, roughly? Um, you know, I don't really recall. Hmm. When I was in Sicily, um, when I was in Marseille, it was the time of the um, French Revolution. Okay. Um, so late when, 18th century. When I was in um, uh, Rome, it was the time of the crucifixion. Oh, okay. interesting. And when I was in um, Sicily... Apparently, I went. I was much younger, and apparently, I went in perfect Sicilian, and um, that was—I uh, guess—that was the previous life, which was 
um, they they still rode in in very few cars, but most of them in donkeys. Interesting. Can I ask a question to Virginia? Virginia, thank you for sharing I'm, this. I'm sorry, I can hardly hear you. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, how does your life change after you have you went through these past life experiences? The one way it did change, I was very concerned about dying in pain. I was being half dead and left to, to pain. Yes. And that was in a previous life. And I was told, forget it, don't bring it into this life. Okay. Um, the one with the, um, with the, the one in, in Sicilian, um, I refused to call my father daddy because I said he wasn't. And this taxi driver, Giuseppe, was my daddy. Mm-hmm. And so they did it with me to try and find out why or to get me to accept my father. Okay. In this life. Okay. Have you accepted your father after you had the experience? Yes. Okay. Thank you. That's the other one in Marseille, I guess I just wanted, I was curious about several things. And I wanted some answers. I wanted to discover the, 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 some of the answers to what happened. And when you went to these places and you had experienced past lives there, did, I mean, were the streets suddenly familiar, certain houses and so forth? Well, we were driving there. I told people to, like when we went to Marseille, I, went, I told them I wanted to go to the church. And it had a moat around it and um, a drawbridge. And we were to go there for safety if they rang the bells. And that it had flying ships. And they thought I was nuts. I gave them several things like this. And I took them to this church. And I was very factual on it. And I asked them, where was the, the secret door to get into the basement where we hid? And they had, it was a door that you couldn't really see. I mean, they showed us, but they said they didn't usually show people because there was only one way down and one way up. And they were shocked that you knew about it, I'm guessing. Yeah. Virginia, amazing, fascinating, and thank you uh, so much for the call. Thank you. Virginia in Castor, Ontario. 416 360 0740 and toll free from Thunder Bay to the Carolinas, Maine to Minnesota, 866-744-740. If there's anyone else out there who's, who's, um, who remembers a previous life, maybe we can do this in the time that remains. If you remember a previous life, uh, and uh, what, you, what we can do is when you call in, well, you can talk to Debbie a little on the air, and then during it we'll take a break. And we'll see if, you're, if um, the caller is, is um, willing during the break, on the phone, off air, Debbie, you can yes, try yes. and take them, uh, put them under, and yes. and uh, assuming, of course, that they're not on a cell phone <laughs> driving. Uh, That's right. You can, uh, and then maybe we can experience a past life regression here live on the air. 416-360-0740, 866-744-740. And um, when we come back, uh, we'll, uh, we'll do that and delve more into past life regressions. Debbie Papadakis from the Hypno Healing Institute. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show here on AM 740. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind. On The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett 
from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. All right, welcome back. Just a few moments uh, remain with Debbie Papadakis. Coming up at midnight, Patrick White from Conspiracy Culture with his must-read list for uh, 2011. Um, conspiracy, paranormal literature, etc. And then at 12.30, Nelson Thal, media scientist, archivist for the late Marshall McLuhan, and of course the producer of the uh, web TV program Shock Talk with Bloom and Steel. He'll be here with his top conspiracies for 2011. All right. Again, if, uh, if you have a memory of a past life, We'd love to hear from you, and perhaps we can do this experiment in the time that remains. We'll um, see if Debbie can put you under off the air over the phone and uh, take you back to a previous life. Uh, so, um, we want to continue to talk about our past lives. What are the, you know, for the skeptics out there, and I am one of them. Okay. I'm a skeptic, but I do, I have an open mind, having witnessed it. What, ev- what would be your best evidence that, that, that past lives are real? Well, we have to look at many things. Uh, some people are, have some interest at a certain historical time periods. Some people like uh, different times, and some don't resonate at all in different times. And or you're looking for they're fascinated with a geographical area or settings. People know they can go, like she says, he, this previous lady Virginia who talked about Italy or. Uh, they know they have been there. They know they resonate to this place. And um, some people, they love art. They like music. They like um, dance, different fashion of jewelry, different music, different home decor, movies. People have different tastes. Quite often, they are resonating to something from the past. And um, I always believe some very famous people, I'm talking about movie stars or musicians, they had, uh, they had if you really take them back, and I have taken a couple of people back like that, they, they were so into the same field, and they were very famous before. Very famous. I, I, I will work with a lady who is an um, um, opera singer. We took her back to clear some of the fears, some of the fears she had singing in front of people. Right. And she was an opera singer uh, in the past. And uh, she was very famous. And people, they loved her so much. They went over her and they, they tried to go so close to her that they killed her because right. there were thousands of people. But what about documented cases where, where they've actually been able to to trace the information that that was recorded during a past life regression or the mm-hmm. memory, and they were they were able to, to determine yes that person was real, and they just as that person said they lived here. Yes, they, I mean is that common or? Well, it's it's. I'm not going to say it's very common to find exactly the person because it's always it's always you have because in the memories in the memories you have information, but. The core of information is there, but sometimes the details might be a little different. My my theory to this is if I have 10 people in front of me and tell them a story right now, they will remember the basic the basis of what I told them, but the details might be different for different people. The same way we have when we go back and revisit those events, um, we might have a different opinion. 
not exactly exactly how it happened. Even if you go back into your childhood, would you remember exactly what happened? No, I see what you're saying. So, in other words, when you when someone is recording, and, and we tried this on the on the TV show, you were recording the information that's coming through from the regression: a name, a date, a place that's affixed to it. Uh, that that person, they might have the last name wrong or the date it could be a few years off or a few years off the yes the name of the town the, the the day the name may not be off the name is something that very they heard it enough times but but uh, details might not be 100% so in other words it's difficult that's where it's difficult to 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 verify yeah but, and, uh, there was the, a case of a young boy in in Seattle i think most people are familiar with this case he had nightmares about going down in a fiery plane crash and he had this incredible he was like five or six. He had incredible knowledge about fighter planes. He could name the parts of fighter planes. And then he came up with a name, and he, he claimed that he was this yes. fighter pilot that went down over the Pacific, and he even knew the name of the aircraft carrier. He was a naval mm -hmm. uh, pilot. Do you, what, what, do you remember that case? I remember that case, and I believe that it's, uh, it's not very common, but it's, it's for some people who have a, who visuals, they can remember things. Uh, it, it's very possible. Your your previous life, um, can you tell me about that? What you, that, that you experienced? My previous life. Yes. <laughs> well, myself, I was looking, uh, I was looking at my personality and find out how come I'm so. Um, I, I don't know if I would say that opinionated or I am. I have a strong beliefs about things and uh, certain things. So I had to go back, and I went back to. Uh, I was I, I was in Turkey where I was trying to help women to become stronger, to fight men, to fight the traditions and all that. But then I went back. My grandmother, my grandmother was killed in, when my father was four years old in Turkey in 1923. And she went through a very horrible death. And I have experienced this death myself many times. I know I was my grandmother. Oh. And I had a very special relationship with my father. It was very obvious there was something in there, like I was his mother. Interesting, interesting. I know I was his mother because I went back over and over and over and I re-experienced the whole thing. I had to release that trauma because apparently what happened to her was the 500 people, they put them in a church, kill all of them, and then put a fire in the church. So I was one of them. I'm going to ask you a, a, a question, and you can, if you don't want to answer it, you can tell me to go take a flying leap, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yes. You are Greek, obviously, yes, and I am married to a Greek. Uh, so, I mean, how does um, reincarnation square with Greek Orthodoxy? Are you Orthodox? With, I am a Greek Orthodox. Yeah. Uh, how do you square the two? I, I do go to the church. But I have my own beliefs about different things. So not every part of the Greek Orthodox Church that I believe. So Right. So you're able to yeah. accommodate Accommodate. But I also reincarnation go reincarnation within your Yes, I also go to different churches myself. I'm right. international if you really ask me what my religion would be, it's I'm Greek Orthodox but I go to that church. But I, I am an international I go to the Buddhist temple and I go to the Muslim and I go to the Christian and I go to all of them. All right. Um, 
I think I owe you another break, don't I, David? Why don't we do that and we'll come back and uh, we'll, a few questions remain for Debbie Papadakis from the Hypno Healing Institute. And if you're just joining us, George Janescu, the beloved host of Big Band Sunday Night, has agreed to undergo a past life regression live on the air. We will do that sometime in 2012. Stay tuned for that. Back with more. Don't go away. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Loose lips sink ships, and sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. James Leininger is the uh, the name of that six-year-old in, out in uh, Seattle, and a few years ago, at the age of six, he, he started having these nightmares. Uh, he would shout out, airplane crash on fire, little man, can't get out. And, uh, and then later he came up with the name uh, of... Um, uh, James Houston Jr. And there was a James Houston Jr., a fighter pilot, shot down in the South Pacific in 1944, just as James Leininger had uh, told his parents. He was a Navy pilot. And uh, he even knew the name of the uh, the aircraft uh, a carrier that um, um, uh, Houston flew off. They, they ended up taking James Leininger to meet the survivors uh, of uh, James Houston, I guess his daughters and so forth. He met them and he knew information about their dad that there's no way anyone could have known. Mm-hmm. That, to me, has to be one of the best documented cases, but I'm sure there are others. There are many documented cases um, and details are, are um, uh, many books. I mean, we have a Brian Weiss who talk about the lady who went, who did all kinds of um, uh, work through Egypt and all that. I'm not sure if they found all the details. Again, that was for healing, but there are so many, so many books around. I am about to write a book because I have many cases, um, many cases, but my full focus is on on, um, on healing, on resolving issues. And when we go back, we find through healing the past, we heal our, our now or our future. And um, many people have been crucified in the past. I've worked with people who who witnessed Jesus Christ's uh, death, and many people. Um, now, how can you find out if this is true or not? I mean, I don't know. But um, th- when they go through, they, they, they go through this emotional feelings and pain and yes. crying and and it's impossible to recreate that. that that's why I'm, I remain so open-minded having witnessed uh, the the emotion that comes through people are are experiencing in these past life regressions uh, their own death oftentimes that's they're right. witnessing that's... and they're recounting how they died and it, it, it's you can see the the and hear it the emotion is real these people are dist- uh, in, uh, under some Distress, not uh, a lot, because a skilled regression therapist such as yourself is able to remove them from that situation. Right. So they're looking at it sort of objectively. They're looking at it without any emotional feeling, with an adult comprehension, and they can just look at it, get the lessons out of it, uh, get whatever you need, and then let the picture go, or um, sit there and understand what's happening. And through understanding, you can heal yourself. 
Um, I have um, I have a weird thing um, uh, where my fingers has to do with my fingers, and I mm-hmm. can't stand the thought of someone bending my fingers back. And of course, somebody Aphrodite loves to tease me about that. And um, do you think that could be rooted in, in a past life? It could be a past life, but if you really if you really focus on your fingers right now, and imagine somebody is is pulling them or pushing them, how would you feel? Very squeamish, like they were going to break off. That's a thinking. I want a feeling. Just squeamish. Squeamish. I'm yeah. not sure what squeamish I, means. Squeamish, just kind of like skittish, kind of nervous. I get nervous, kind nervous, of a thank you. tingling in, in between so my and shoulders, that, and even that thinking nervous, about it. And that nervous feeling, can you feel it for more? Just imagine somebody's pulling them. Yeah, right between my shoulder blades. It just, it, I get and a tingling. Just focus on that place. Focus on that place. Just close your eyes, maybe. Focus on that place. And what kind of feeling is you experiencing down there? Between my shoulder blades? Yes. What kind of feeling? Um, just kind of a chill. Chill. Just kind of a chill. Is it okay for you to go and find what's happening? Close your eyes, though. And just for a second, maybe you don't have to think. Is that a possibility? Uh, is it possible for me to turn it off? This monkey mind of mine? Jeez, yes. I don't know. <laughs> in, in, back, in 90 seconds? You, in 90 <laughs> seconds, you can go back. The first event, the source, the beginning of that. One, two, three, you're there. Yep. Tell me what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you're thinking. Um, you know what? I, this is bizarre. I don't know why I'm seeing this. I'm seeing someone in a parka, and it's it's very. I'm just seeing someone in a in a kind of a desolate landscape. I'm seeing someone in a parka. And I don't know happening? why that popped into my head. Thank you. And what's happening there? Just to give us the details. Uh, this person, I just um, it does actually look to be a, a, a sort of an, an Inuit uh, a, a person, and they're looking down. <laughs> this is bizarre because I don't. Uh, they're looking down at the ground. Uh huh. They're looking down at the ground, and the sun is just is uh, is overhead. It's. Uh, it's a man or a woman. Uh, it's a man. And how old is the person? Is it's hard to say. It's just a very weathered looking person. Take but they, a deep breath, and you'll know the age. For some reason, the number 56. What are you doing to me, Debbie? The number 56 just jumped out at me. Okay, 56. And what is the problem? What's happening there that created some... You you, you hold on to that memory there. What is the real problem? Take a deep breath and just allow it to come up. Just describe the situation. What's going on? Are you happy? Are you unhappy? Are you... Uh, I guess I'm getting kind of, kind of a, maybe my monkey mind is taking over now. I'm, I'm just I'm so disturbed that this information has actually crept out of my uh, this rat's maze of a mind of mine. Uh, I'm, I'm, nothing's happening now. I'm, I've, um, you checked out. Yeah. But you, but this is exactly a, a very common thing to go back, and in order to go there back, um, Richard. That is at least fifth level of hypnosis. Fifth level? That's but how do I know that that wasn't just, uh, as, while, as Ebenezer Scrooge okay. once said, a, a bit of undigested beef rather okay. than an... <laughs> After a couple of minutes, yes. you're going to start, once you allow it to see it, you're going to start feelings. You're going to experience feelings. You're going to experience uh, not only the thinking, but the feeling. The ex- you're going to be there. You're going to really experience it if you allow yourself to go there. And all of a sudden, then we can resolve the issue, and within minutes, you're not going to have problems with your fingers. So, what are we saying that that I was a I was an an Inuit in a past life? Well, you you tell me what you saw. It's not allowed. 
Debbie. I, I can't do that. Okay, thank Not you. Not till I speak I'm to sorry. my priest. I'm sorry. I have to speak I'm to I'm sorry. I should have done that. <laughs> Debbie, this was a pleasure, and thank we're going to do it uh, again thank in you. 2012, and we're going to have we're going to have uh, George Janescu uh, spread out on a what like a massage table maybe in here. It'll be a family show, though, just folks. Don't ch- worry. Just just just, just share like that. And we'll find out who he was in a previous life. Yes. And, uh, and January, maybe you will be ready to do that. After I after I speak to my uh, my spiritual advisor, then if he gives me the okay, we'll do it. <laughs> uh, January 4th, the workshop. Tell us one more time about that. Yeah, January 4th, the workshop is about releasing your blockages. And it's a three-hour workshop at the Hypno Healing Institute. Our phone number is 416-760-8996. You need to register early. You can call or you can go to the website, which is www.hypno-healing.com. All right, Debbie, a pleasure. Thank you Thank for this. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. And thanks to everybody around the world. God bless you. Have a lovely Christmas and Happy New Year. Kala Christuyana. Kala Christuyana. All right. When we come back, Patrick White with his must-read list for 2011. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak to Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario, Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. All right, two microphones, no waiting. <laughs> Debbie Papadakis has shown herself out and now sitting in the chair. We don't have a lot of turnaround time here, but we get it done. Patrick White is uh, the owner of the only conspiracy shop in this country, uh, the only shop dedicated to conspiracies in, in, in Canada, and uh, uh, he's a, a good friend of the program. Uh, and we're happy to have him back on for his, I guess this is the third annual um, must-read list that uh, Patrick comes in and does this time of year. Welcome, Patrick. How are you? Good, Richard. Thanks for having me. What are you drinking on? on some green concoction? You're, you're such a, a health-conscious individual. It's fluoride-free water. Fluoride-free water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, is fluoride making its way into the must-read list? That's a big topic this year. A lot of municipalities are uh, voting uh, to get the fluoride out of their water. Yeah, lots of lots of towns and municipalities within Canada just hasn't seemed to uh, made any headway here in Toronto. So let's go Toronto. Let's get this uh, fluoride voted out. You know, uh, just a quick aside. I uh, 
I, um, I recently, uh, well, a couple of months ago, I did a show on fluoride. And while researching for the show, I discovered my hometown of Brantford, Ontario, was one of the test cities in North America. It was like the first municipality in North America. There was one in the U.S., sort of it came on at the same time. Brantford and this other town, the first ones to put fluoride in the water. So I'm like ground zero. One of the <laughs> guinea pigs. Yes, indeed. All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the uh, uh, a conspiracy culture, first of all, and the kinds of uh, wares and books and things that you have there for people that don't know. Well, we opened the shop up in 2006, and the main reason behind the shop opening was pretty much necessity. When you go to a lot of the main corporate-owned bookshops here in Canada, a lot of the material that you discuss here on the program on a regular basis is typically missing from the shelves. So we felt it uh, would be a good idea to collect a lot of the books, videos, magazines, so on and so forth, that deal with this particular subject matter under the conspiracy umbrella and put it under, all underneath one roof and make it very accessible to those looking for it. And, and, and in addition to, you know, sort of the hardcore conspiracy stuff, you also, I mean, it's alternate anything, right? I mean, you, alternate, alternative uh, archaeology, alternative energy, alternative medicine. Yeah, it's pretty much anything and everything that uh, doesn't necessarily fall within the mainstream ideologies dealing with all of these subject matters. So it's, it's a lot of the ideas that uh, don't necessarily get fair representation in the bookstores. So yes, we do have a science section, a health and environment section, uh, anthropology section, lost civilizations, uh, cryptozoology, you name it. Um, if it's, again, if it's outside of the mainstream ideologies dealing with these subjects matters, typically we'll have something available for somebody. And it's not just books, it's also magazines, it's also DVDs, CDs. Yeah, we've, we've even got some uh, funky t-shirts in the shop, we've got some alternative health products. We do events on a regular basis, so it's um, it's it's quite the experience. I mean, your 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 bookstore, your it's not just a bookstore, but I, I use that that term uh, in Roncesvalles. It's become a real sort of gathering uh, place for for, for like minded uh, people. You have events there. You have speaking uh, events. Um, uh, you've been kind enough to invite me down a few times to speak, but you bring in authors, and uh, it's you know I, I hate to use the word community. Um, I mean, you have sort of built that around your, your shop, haven't you? There's definitely an overwhelming sense of community. Everybody that comes through the door, uh, you know, the one common thread that ties us all together is our genuine curiosity in terms of trying to make sense of what's going on out here in this crazy world. Mm. And uh, you're right. We do have people from within the UFO community, people from within the uh, political, social activist uh, communities, um, it definitely has become sort of like a hub for the quote-unquote truther slash conspiracy slash alternative community. Conspiracyculture.com, uh, the website. And uh, uh, so let's let's begin. This is our uh, our third annual must-read list from uh, Patrick White. So what's uh, what are we going to do? Count down the top uh, what? How many are we going to do? Well, I've just got a, a pretty decent list here. I think there's maybe about 10 or 12 different titles. They're in no specific order. They're just books that, you know, uh, considering what's going on in this day and age, definitely important to read. And some of the titles are newer titles that people should get their hands on. And some of them are classics that uh, if you don't have them on your shelf yet, you should definitely go out and grab a copy. All right. Why don't we just dive right in then? Sure. Uh, with all the... F 
the funny stuff going on with the funny money and Wall Street and all the Occupy movement, uh, a lot of people are coming into the shop these days trying to make sense of the whole financial mess. So the one book, which is definitely the best-selling book in the shop uh, that we always recommend to people is The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. Ah, yes. Uh, And um, um, Ed Griffin um, has been... Well, he's sort of um, on the forefront of that whole, you know, issue examining the Federal Reserve, and and uh, Ron Paul has been very vocal about about the the Federal Reserve uh, in the U.S. as well. The creature from Jekyll Island that talks about how it was, uh, how the Federal Reserve was uh, formed in secret and sort of rammed through Congress, uh, and how the Federal Reserve is neither uh, federal or reserve, uh, and it's, nor a system. <laughs> yes, or nor a system. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, so that is the number one bestseller at the bookshop. Yeah, it has been uh, since we opened the doors back in 2006. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we're the only shop in Toronto that carries it. And uh, for those trying to figure out, you know, anything from the Fed, who was behind it, how it still operates, fractional reserve uh, currency, fiat currency. I mean, the the book is the be-all, end-all tome dealing with the subject matter. And, you know, a lot of people would think that it would be a rather dry read considering the subject, but uh, it's it's like it says on the back of the book, it, it reads like a detective story. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, um, Edward uh, really uh, tells it well, because it, it is not, unfortunately, and this is Ron Paul's problem, it, it, he's so passionate about it, but it's not a sexy topic, you know, talking about fractional reserve banking. Uh, just does not necessarily uh, work in a in a thirty second soundbite. No, it's not the uh, the main theme of Hollywood movies these days. That's for sure. All right, the creature from Jekyll Island. Uh, so, what's uh, what's next on your your must read list? All right, next we've got a video, and uh, you know this is an important subject that's popping up all across North America, not just in Canada but in the U.S. as well. Uh, the film is called Gasland. It's about a gentleman, Josh Fox, who at one point was offered about $100,000 for natural gas drilling rights on his property. And he thought there was a little something, uh, you know, fishy with the offer. So he went around around the country and spoke with other individuals who had been given a similar offer. And, you know, through his research had learned that the majority of these individuals had their land, their crops... Uh, even their own health had just been completely decimated. And um, one of the main things that was happening with these people who were selling their land so that it could be fracked, um, a lot of them actually, their tap water, you could actually light it on fire. Oh, my Lord. There were all sorts of chemicals being uh, dumped into the the water tables. Uh, The soil was just uh, absolutely toxic. People were coming down with cancers. Um, and, and I mean, governments have even come forward since and stated that a lot of earthquakes that have transpired over the last few years are the direct result of this deep shale fracking. Deep shale fracking. What is fracking exactly? Uh, fracking is a term that's used for fracturing. Uh, these, these companies basically, uh, pump high pressure fluids deep within the earth's, uh, crust Looking for oil. Looking for natural gas and and so on and so forth. And um, I think it was Arkansas over the course of a few months earlier in the year had upwards of a few hundred earthquakes, which they had said was ultimately the cause of the fracking. Interesting. So Gasland is a a great film uh, to watch 
for anybody who lives in a community where there's fracking going on. And if a company comes out and offers you some money to frack your land, you can tell them to get the frack out of there, basically. <laughs> All right. We'll take a time out when we come back. More of Patrick White's must-read and watch list for 2011, the a co-owner of Conspiracy Culture, 1696 Queen Street West. Get on down and uh, support Patrick the way he supports The Conspiracy Show. Back with more. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, Nelson Thal, media scientist, archivist for the late Marshall McLuhan, will be here in about uh, 15, 20 minutes' time uh, to run down the top conspiracies of uh, 2011. And just a reminder, I'll be doing the same thing on uh, the 29th of uh, December on Canada AM on CTV. And uh, right now, Patrick White stays with us from Conspiracy Culture, conspiracyculture.com, the website. And uh, he's providing us with his must-read and watch list uh, for 2011. So, recap. We had uh, G. Edward Griffin's uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island, which is about the uh, the Federal Reserve banking system. Uh, and then we had a documentary, a DVD called... Gasland. Give me the name of the uh, the producer again. The gentleman's name is Josh Fox. I believe he was out of Pennsylvania. Okay. All right. What's up next, Patrick? All right. Up next, we have a book which back in October, we had the pleasure of doing an event for the author. The book is called Me and Lee, How I Came to Know, Love, and Lose, Lee Harvey Oswald. The author is Judith Ferry Baker, and it's basically a memoir discussing Judith's involvement um, in the cancer research uh, back in the days of Castro and the Bay of Pigs uh, situation. Also discusses in heavy detail her relationship with Lee Harvey Oswald and uh, what she also knows about the Kennedy assassination. I, totally believable. I mean, I had her on the air for an hour and a half, uh, and... I don't know. She seems very sincere. What well, you had her? You had her down at the shop for an event. What, what, what was your take? Well, we uh, we had her at the shop on Lee Harvey Oswald's what would have been his seventy second birthday, and in the three and a half hours that we had the shop open for the event, we probably had about four hundred and fifty people come through the doors to uh, get a copy of the book, to meet Judith, to have books signed, to have their photograph taken with her. She was also in the. Um, it was the it was a documentary that was originally produced for the History Channel, but I think they banned it. It was called "The Men Who Killed Kennedy," and I think she was in the a couple of the later episodes. Fantastic documentary! If you haven't seen it, I would definitely watch it. But uh, do you have it at the shop? Uh, no, they haven't made it for a retail. Uh, huh. They haven't made it retail ready. It's just something you can find online if you dig up, you know, a YouTube or a Google video clip. But what's interesting was that after everything had happened, she moved off overseas, you know, for 40 plus years and, uh, you know, through uh, ridiculous amounts of coaxing was finally um, brought here to North America to promote the book. And she had only been in Toronto for four days. And and like you had mentioned on, on one of your previous shows, on the last night that she was here in Toronto, uh, she was rushed to the emergency room because there was some glass found in her food. 
And, uh, you know, we like to say here that conspiracy, uh, coincidence is a dirty word. So, you know, that kind of, to me, adds a whole other level of legitimacy to her story. It's, uh, it's very quite, it's quite fascinating, and, and you would never have guessed that Oswald was such a hopeless romantic. <laughs> no, that was, uh, you know, she painted a picture of, uh, of Lee that uh, totally contrary to what most of us have been taught, uh, that he was a humanitarian, uh, that he was very active in the civil rights movement. Uh, the, uh, she and, and Lee would, would ride in the back of the bus around New Orleans to, uh, as a sign of solidarity with, with, uh, with uh, African Americans. Uh, was a big, according to her, a, a huge fan of, of Kennedy because of his his uh, compassion and care. Yeah, she um, said that he was actually there to stop the assassination. Yes, I, I tell you that it, it just made my head spin what she was saying, and, and I know uh, it did for a lot of the listeners as well. So again, that is uh, me and Lee, how I came to know, love, and lose Lee Harvey Oswald. That's correct, and that's Judith Very Baker. Absolutely, and anybody who's on Facebook. Uh, you can find Judith on Facebook, and she's uh, she's very accessible. She's a great lady, and, and she'll take time to chat with you. All right. So how how is she doing after that episode? Uh, uh, she was a little shaken, but she's home now, and she's back in the groove. She's she's back to normal. Is she back? Is she living in uh, still out of out of the out of America? She's in Europe, or yeah, living she's in over, exile basically. Absolutely, she's overseas. Okay. So what's next, Patrick? Just keep the hits on coming. Sure. The next is uh, is a classic for any of the long-time listeners, um, anybody who's who spent more than, you know, say a few months digging up uh, conspiracy information would have heard about this title. It's called Behold a Pale Horse ah, yes. by William Cooper. It's, uh, it's an absolute underground classic. William Cooper was a former naval intelligence officer. Uh, he had a program on shortwave radio called The Hour of the Time. And back in June of 2001, on his program, Cooper had stated that there was going to be a huge uh, event that would happen within the United States and that Osama bin Laden would be blamed, but that he actually would not be behind the event. And just uh, a few months later, on November 6th of 2001, uh, Bill ultimately was killed, shot by local authorities, and that was the end of that. And uh, his book, Behold a Pale Horse, it gets into all kinds of different information, all kinds of different themes, all kinds of different ideas, ties all kinds of information together, and it's an absolute must-have for anyone's shelf. Comes a pale horseman. Absolutely. All right. Uh, do we, we'll take another time out, and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, add to the list Patrick White's annual must-read and must-watch list from Conspiracy Culture. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Back with more. Don't go away. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. All right. Patrick White is with us. Conspiracy culture. If you don't, uh, if you haven't been down to uh, Ronces Fail to visit the shop, you must, you must go. If, I mean, if you're listening to this radio program, the kinds of things that we talk about, the kinds of people that we have on the program, um, if they've written a book, uh, rest assured, it's, it's in Patrick's shop. All right. And uh, we're here counting down the, uh, the must-reads and must-watch DVDs 
relating to conspiracies and alternative thought uh, here on the program. So, Patrick, uh, let's do a quick recap. We had uh, G. Edward Griffin's The, The Creature from Jekyll Island, a second look at the Federal Reserve. We had Gas Land by Josh Fox. This is a documentary uh, which examines this um, this practice of, um, uh, what do we call it, fracting? Deep shale fracking. Deep shale fracking. And then we had uh, uh, Me and Lee, how I, uh, I, I, um, how I Came to Know, Love and Lose, Lee Harvey Oswald by Judith Very Baker. And uh, then we had Come, uh, Comes a Pale Horseman by uh, Bill Cooper. Did I miss one? No, that was it. Okay. Wow. I must be on uh, some kind of super vitamin uh, memory drink or something. (laughs) Okay, what's next? All right. The next book is written by a wonderful researcher. Her name is Devra Davis. The book is called Disconnect, The Truth About Cell Phone Radiation, What the Industry Has Done to Hide It, and How to Protect Your Family. Wow, you know, you're really nailing them in terms of, uh, you know, connecting them to what's going on in the news right now because that is such a huge issue. Uh, And people are so confused right now because they get one report, let's say, from uh, the European Parliament where they've now banned, uh, let's say, Wi-Fi in public schools and cell phone use in public schools because of their concern. And then we have Danish studies coming out saying there's no connection between brain tumors and cell phones. And then you have the World Health Organization saying, yes, but now look at this report, uh, saying that there, there, is some, there is some connection. People don't know where to turn. No, and uh, from my own personal experience, I don't own a cell phone, and if I'm on one for more than five minutes, my head starts to hurt. and I don't need any kind of study to tell me that it's not a good thing. But... Um, I mean, if you look around society, almost everybody's got uh, their head down in a in a BlackBerry. Everybody's walking around with those little Bluetooth units clipped to the side of their head. Uh, we all use phones. And, uh, you know, for anybody who has to use a cell phone on a regular basis, I would definitely look into the book because it's chock full of data and information and studies, case studies. There is absolutely no supposition involved. Uh, everything can be backed and verified. Again, Devra Davis does her research, and uh, if you or your loved one uses a cell phone, you should probably read this book. The, the name of the book again is? It's called Disconnect, The Truth About Cell Phone Radiation, What the Industry Has Done to Hide It, and How to Protect Your Family. All right. There's some speculation that Steve Jobs, uh, his cancer, may have come. I mean, this is total speculation, but uh, um, that it may have come from, you know, being exposed to, uh, I mean, this is the guy with the iPhones and, and uh, developed that technology that the, the, the second generation apparently had or has um, the, an, an antenna built around the phone so that if you hold it, uh, you're actually, if you're holding it, you're, 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 you're causing interference because you're grabbing onto the antenna. So it's designed, Steve Jobs designed it so that you would have to actually set it down on the table and talk into it, which is the proper way to use a cell phone. Oh, sure. I mean, they tell you to keep it a, a specific distance away from your head. Yes. I mean, if you keep it that distance, you can barely almost hear the individual on the other end of the phone. So what does that tell you? Right, right. I mean, there's also experiments on, on the net that you can see where people have microwaved a glass of water and watered plants with the microwaved water, and within 24 hours, the plant dies. So essentially, when you're microwaving the water in your body, which, you know, most of us are comprised of 70% water. Yes. 
think of what that does to our health. Well, this is the crux of the argument. It's uh, we're talking about non-ionizing radiation, and the and the so-called experts say it doesn't do any harm. And then you have people like Dr. Magda Havis at Trent University, who says, "No, I've got the data. Others have the data. Non-ionizing radiation, uh, long term, can be lethal." Sure, and most of the scientists are in the pockets of the big corporations, anyways. Well, that's that's the question. You know, who's behind these studies that say cell phones are 100% safe? And, and in some instances, and, and it came out during the, the you know the World Health Organization when they were putting that report together, uh, there was there was uh, accusations flying that some of the people on the panel were actually being influenced by the cell phone industry. Those were the people that were saying squash the report. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's like the uh, it's like vaccine season. You know, the government re- removes any responsibility from the manufacturers of the resp- of the vaccines and then tells us all to go out and take it. Right, right. Yeah. I, I remember the, uh, the, the the flu vaccine that came out a few years ago. They, they rushed to get it to market. And, uh, I mean, they were actually suggesting that pregnant women take the vaccine, even though they, they really had, had, had done no uh, sort of test, you know, large-scale test group. And yet, you know, a, a pregnant woman goes to a doctor and they tell her not to drink coffee. And yet they're saying, here, take this vaccine. Oh, to yeah. me, it was that was very disturbing and very odd. It's very bizarre. Okay, do we have time for a couple more? Sure. Uh, not to set fear into the minds of anybody, but um, one of the subjects that a lot of people have been coming into the shop the past year trying to familiarize themselves with is uh, basically self-sufficiency, foraging, food storage, and basically emergency preparation type stuff. Uh, One of the books that uh, is extremely popular with people these days is called Emergency Food Storage and Survival Handbook by Peggy Layton. And the book basically deals with short and long-term emergency tips, uh, how to basically create and maintain uh, medical kits, gets into water storage, uh, tons of fantastic information for when things, you know, basically crash. And, um, you know, along with that book, there's another one by James Wesley Rawls, who runs a website called survivalblog.com. And his book is called How to Survive the End of the World as We Know It, Tactics, Techniques, and Technologies for Uncertain Times. Well, that's, you know what, that to me is just common sense. Because, you know, even for like a a period of 72 hours, the government now, they were running those uh, those PSAs. And a lot of people were sort of confused. Do you remember about a year ago, they were running those uh, those ads saying, you know, be prepared, uh, have water on on hand for 72 hours. If we get one of these major solar storm storms, uh, you know, a, a, a big sunspot, it could knock out the electrical grid system uh, throughout the world, uh, or in North America at least. Uh, it's happened in the past several times, but now, of course, you know, we're living in the entire electric age. We're so dependent on the grid. If it goes down in a major way, I've read reports it could take up to a decade to bring everything back up on stream. So this oh, is sure. common sense. And considering the amount of chaos that's going to take place, too, when, when the average person just has no idea in terms of what to do and how to feed their family. Like, if you think back to 2003, I believe, when we had the power outage in August, Yes, I was living in Scarborough, and the grocery store uh, near my home, it was three people in, three people out, and they had security guards at the door. So, you know, if, if something really bad were to happen, you can only imagine just how much hoarding and, and, and crazy purchasing people would be doing and how quickly the shelves would be emptied and, uh, you know, how many of us would be left without the essential items that we would need. That's a good one. What's the name of that one again? Uh, you had two there, actually. Sure. The first one was called Emergency Food Storage and Survival Handbook by Peggy Layton, 
And the second title was called How to Survive the End of the World as We Know It, Tactics, Techniques, and Technologies for Uncertain Times by James Wesley Rawls, author of survivalblog.com. Give us one more. Sure. Uh, Due to the overwhelming popularity of the whole ancient alien theme that's going on right now, and the uh, the overwhelming uh, presence of the UFO theme saturating our pop culture. Uh, the one book I would definitely suggest that everybody goes out and reads if they have not yet would be Chariots of the Gods mm. by Eric Von Daniken. That's a classic. That's Absol- a classic. Going back to about 1975, 76, that must be in. It's like it's gazillion printing by now. Oh, there are so many editions. It's unbelievable. And uh, it's constantly getting plucked off the shelf. If you haven't watched the Ancient Alien series on the History Channel, give it a good gander. It's definitely some uh, entertaining viewing. And uh, uh, Eric has a new one out called Odyssey of the Olympians, uh, and and um, the editor of that book was on the show. Philip Coppins. Philip Coppins. Yeah, that's a fast... And, and it, it, I interviewed him just before, actually, I went to Greece. So, you know, I'm, I'm uh, in Athens with the little ones, and we're looking at the uh, the Temple of Zeus, and uh, and uh, we're, you know, the uh, Temple of Athena, the Parthenon, and so forth, and, of course, all this stuff is racing through my head. Oh, I couldn't even <laughs> imagine. If, if I were to go to Greece, I would need a good year to check out all the sites. Absolutely, absolutely. Unbelievable. Uh, well, Patrick, uh, listen, I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, I'm going to get you to, uh, to send me that list. I'm going to put it up on my website as well and, uh, and um, a link, obviously, so that people know that all of these books are available at uh, Conspiracy Culture. Yeah. And um, as always, thanks. Great list. Yeah, thanks for having us. And a uh, big shout out and much love to all your listeners who are a fantastic bunch. Uh, we get people coming into the shop all the time saying that they heard about our shop from listening to your program. So, again, good job, everybody. Keep uh, keep attentive and keep on listening. All right, and a Merry Christmas to you and uh, the lovely Kadina, who's uh, sitting in the other studio. Yeah, my beautiful uh, other half. She's being very patient, and we're on our way home. Uh, we're actually celebrating, as of midnight, our ninth anniversary together. Oh, well, congratulations. Wow. Thank you. You're a great couple. You're great friends, and uh, it's, it's always good to see you. It's always a pleasure. All right. Patrick White, Conspiracy Culture, 1696 Queen Street West in Roncesvalles. And when we come back, Nelson Thal will be here with his list of uh, top conspiracies of 2011. When the Conspiracy Show continues on the other side. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. Nelson Thal is a media scientist and archivist for the late Marshall McLuhan, the producer of the uh, web television program uh, Shock Talk with Bloom and Steele, a longtime JFK assassination researcher, a great friend of this program, a researcher for the Conspiracy Show television uh, program. And uh, he is here with his own list. These are the, the top conspiracies uh, of 2011, or I guess also the, the top conspiracies to watch for all in, in 2012, because these are obviously uh, things, so the theory goes, that have, have, have long been in the works and uh, um, have been planned for 50 years, 100 years uh, in the past, so they take a while to unfold. So, 
That being said, Nelson Thal, welcome once again to the program. Welcome. It's great being here, Rich. Yeah, off the air, you just you told me the the the, the watch phrase uh, for 2012 is going to be untavistock yourself. Absolutely. What That's does what... that mean? I mean, I know the Tavistock Institute in London, but what do you mean untavistock yourself? Well, of course, Tavistock is the psychological warfare division of the British Army, and their psyopses have uh, altered our reality into a new cultural reality that's not real, but it's a paradigm shift that they brought in. And so in order to see what's really going on backstage in the global theater, you've got to untavistock yourself, which is what we've been doing for decades, and you can get people enjoy doing it here on the show. When I was in, I was in, uh, in London, uh, we were filming the episode, uh, several episodes, so on, one on Princess Diana. I, I, I searched out and I found the Tavistock Institute, and it's, it's a rather unassuming looking building. I mean, there's a nice little brass plate on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the exterior, but other than that, you wouldn't know. That you know, this is the this is ground zero for the uh, lie, uh, for the lie. The deliberate intent to deceive people is at an all time high, thanks to Tavistock. I mean, you and I have talked over the years about about some of the, the programs that have been hatched at the Tavistock Institute. Uh, it, it, it's been widely theorized that. Uh, um, uh, that 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 Hitler was uh, in England prior to the war, and that he was brainwashed at the Tavistock Institute. In fact, he did stay with a sister in Liverpool. Yes. This is documented. Yeah. In yeah. Uh, in the closing days of World War One. And in 1911, he or before was, World War One, 1911, yeah, he was a student at Tavistock. At and the same time as his second cousin once removed, Sir Winston Churchill. Is that a fact that he was Churchill's second cousin once removed? Reported by Skolnick and many other sources. And his sister wrote a, her memoirs, uh, Hitler's sister. Yeah. Uh, and she she talked about Hitler's visit to her to, to, to Liverpool in two thousand and er, sorry in 1911. And she she commented on how how. Uh, I don't know I mean, how you how you gauge the normalcy, relative normalcy of a madman like Hitler, but she said he was behaving very oddly during that time, yeah. whatever that means. Okay, so untavistock yourself. Let's talk about the top conspiracies of, of 2011, and uh, obviously um, the um, can, can, let's talk about what's going on in Europe right now. Can we do that? Because that debt crisis is really a continuation, a spillover of what actually happened in America. Uh, in in 2008 and continues to happen in America the the um, the, the whole financial crisis certainly the um, as we know rich we've we've uh, had many whistleblowers talk about how we're coming to the the end of the Fed as the um, the Federal Reserve a nation state uh, entity uh, serving the nation state is coming to an end because uh, the battle over the dollar and the conspiracy against the dollar uh, that Dr. Beter wrote about back in the 50s and 60s. And he was a put in charge of the Export-Import Bank by John F. Kennedy. And his book, The Conspiracy Against the Dollar, was a classic talking about the conspiracy against the Fed to take down the Fed by the crown heads of Europe. But many people see the Fed as part of the conspiracy because the Federal Reserve System, uh, as we just had uh, Patrick White talking about uh, Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, it's neither federal because it is largely, it is public-private, uh, but the private influence is, is huge. Uh, it's not 
uh, really a reserve bank, and it's not a system. But is, I mean, the Fed isn't isn't the Fed the villain? You're saying that well, the, the conspiracy no is against the Fed. I, I don't want to look. I, I want to take away the. There's no good or bad here. We're just uh, scientists here studying right. systems, entities, and the Fed was a uh, uh, basically. Owned by uh, the throne, the chair of Peter and the English throne, because only the monarchies can create money, and they did it through the Fed. The fact that a new emperor is coming into town, Juan Carlos, the king of Spain, and wants his own Fed, right. means that the old Fed's going to be replaced by the new emperor's new Fed. Oh, I see. So, so when we're talking about uh, these financial crises, the the conspiracy against the dollar, what we're talking about are these wars. I mean, we, you know, you talk about the Hundred Years' War. The fact is that these wars never really ended. So they withdrew from the battlefield, but they're now fighting backstage. And instead of, you know, firing muskets at each other, they're attacking each other's currency. Right. That's exactly. what's going on today. Exactly. And, for instance, um, like uh, a number of people like have reported about uh, the derivatives that are being used by the Harper writes these derivatives to keep the Canadian dollar below the U.S. dollar for the purpose of supporting massive Bank of America and Royal Bank of Canada debt connected to Asian banks. So like they're all our leaders are basically playing the derivatives market and with the currencies as a means of keeping the system, which is made of chicken wire and chicken together, chicken wire and, ch and chewing gum, just keep it together from because it's bulging at the seams. Right. I mean, what's going on in Europe right now? Let's talk about uh, you know Greece, Italy is next, Spain, Portugal, then Ireland, England is in the same. Uh, abode, but England has at least some sovereignty over the currency. They don't. They're not the the, the euro. What's happening in the U.S. Uh, is happening there now. Except America can forestall the inevitable because they can keep printing money. But in Greece, they have no sovereignty over the currency. There are limit limitations, you know, placed by. You know Germany ostensibly. Yeah, well, many of the aristocrats basically say that it's like a game of tether ball. As long as you keep the ball in motion back and forth, and it doesn't freeze up and stop, right? Everybody's fine. But the problem is sometimes if you let out too much, <laughs> it'll freeze up your system as having too tight credit, and so they're really in a serious situation because the Ponzi scheme eventually comes to an end. Or does it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It just keeps seems to be going and well, going. In history, going. it's always come to an end at some point. Right. Well, well it, I mean, that's there's the, never been a, a system that did continue going. So something to look for in the future in the United States, if the if the Ponzi scheme does end, uh, and uh, you know they 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 can no longer paper over their problems anymore. Uh, then what happens in the United States? Are we talking about civil unrest, rioting? I think so. Let's remember this, that strategically this entity, our empire, used to control the gates of the world. That you had Singapore, Aden, Gibraltar, Maldine Islands, Cape of Good Hope, Mauritius, Seychelles Islands, Ceylon, Suez, Panama, Hong Kong, Diego Garcia, Cape Horn, South Africa, Malta, Cyprus, St. Helena, Ascension Island. These were all gates of the world that we controlled. I, we only control one now, Gibraltar, and it's about to go. You're talking about the British Empire. Exactly. And as that happens, their currency, the world currency that they've been in charge of, the U.S. dollar pound, the dollar is just a, 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 
a currency ultimately a, a debt to the Bank of England. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where ultimately the United States is bankrupt. What's keeping it going is just the the. The Bank of England really is what's happening, and that's being attacked now with the European crisis. The Bank of England and the Fed are in serious trouble because their currency, which has been world hegemony, is about to be dumped. One in eight, I I believe the figure is, one in eight in the United States now is on social assistance. Yeah. I mean, to me... That's depression. We're going to have we're going to have worse than the Weimar Republic, because when the currency, the Federal Reserve notes, remember, the, Rich, you know that the United States have no dollars. Dollars are issued by the U.S. government. There's no dollars in market. There's Federal Reserve notes. Right. Right. There's no Yankee greenbacks. No. What used to be called issue. No, it's all fiat issued, currency. It's yeah. all it's all fake. It's all just issued by the Fed, which is a f- private-owned bank of the the monarchs. And of course, the new monarchs have taken over the the ownership of the of the bank, and our gangs, our empires, getting squeezed out. So it's very, very serious, and uh, you, we could have wheelbarrow times where you need a wheelbarrow go to uh, go buy a le- loaf of bread. But uh, we want, but there is hope here. We don't want to just say it's going to be for sure, but we are going to be in serious times, traumatic uh, times economically. Do you do you do you foresee? I mean, in the United States, of course, we now have uh, we now have. Uh, uh, a president with the power to assassinate U.S. citizens without due process. Right. We have, I don't know if it's habeas corpus, if it's not on his deathbed, it's pretty close. And they can imprison people uh, without a warrant, again, without without habeas corpus. Um, uh, the, the military, uh, I mean, posse comitatus is dead, which means that the U.S. Army can can uh, basically act as a police force on U.S. soil, which is a longstanding tradition against that. That's gone. Uh, are they heading into martial law? Well, I mean, they are. The, the family that is a big supporter of the British crown and related to the British crown that runs America, the Bush family, also put Hitler in power. So they have an underground Reich network made up of Borman Capital Network, the, from the Borman Capital Network. And this is all documented. We've talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. So America is going to go the way of Nazi Germany. It's, it's, it's headed that way now. I mean, they've already, they've suspended habeas corpus. Richard, what do you, what do you need here? It's, it's always been run by fascists since the takeover, especially in 63 with the Kennedy assassination. May Brussels' Nazi connection to the JFK assassination is a, is a classic. All right. So what would you consider another big uh, – one of the big conspiracies of, of 2011? I know this one's not on your list, but let me ask you, uh, back in May, of course, when uh, the U.S. Uh, announced that they had uh, killed Osama bin Laden. I mean, it, that's got to be up there on the list as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and uh, this article that I brought in from Newsweek really is uh, – for, for decades, Richard, I've been talking to you and we've been talking about the doppelgangers and the doubles. You had somebody here talking about a lady who knew Oswald. When we had her on the show, we asked her, hey, which Oswald did you know? Right. Because we know there were at least five Oswalds. But look, My Life as a Devil's Double was a movie that came out this this year. Terrific, right? It talks about Uday and Hussein. Uday, Hussein, and Saddam all had doubles, which is what we've been saying for years. And right, right. The real guys are still alive, right? And the movie showed it. 
The real Hussein. The real guys. Saddam Hussein is still alive. And the doubles were the ones who were taken out. Right, right. Right. Well, yeah, the, the, the uh, Saddam Hussein that they pulled out of the spider's hole. Yeah, uh, was a double. Okay, and the one that met the, had the necktie, showed up at the necktie party was a double. Yeah. So uh, the real guys are still very much alive. So are you saying that the real... And we've talked about Osama that's a big conspiracy that we've been talking about. And we shouldn't let it go by because eventually that'll come out. So the Osama bin Laden that was uh, supposedly shot in, in, um, in Pakistan was a double. You're convinced of that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> How quickly did they get rid of the body so we couldn't despise size? Come on, Rich. Exactly. It was just a cl- I mean, this is we, – we don't have to question that anymore. This is the olds, right? We've been through – I mean, the, remember – you know, I remember going to the JFK um, uh, convention, uh, Lancer convention in 85, and uh, we spoke to uh, the police officer who had given the FBI – Oswald's put the th- the the palm print on the Mandelkirk Arcano in the morgue. Right, right. Like this is standard operating procedure. I mean, they they keep to it all the time. So, so oh, you know, does, does does Barack Obama have a double? Oh, of course he has doubles. As a matter of fact, the Secret Service used to joke. Used to they joked to me about how when Clinton's double used to be off that day and not have to go to work. Did they have to guard him with his largest Secret Service contingent? So, which, I, <laughs> I mean, mean which, is, then, then when there's is... There's been movies, Hollywood has had movies already showing that there's doubles. There was one that came out, didn't Klein play it, way back in the 80s. Yes, Dave, it was about... Dave, Dave. They, they, so they've already said, we've got doubles, the guy's name is Dave. And so when is, if Clinton had a double, yeah, or Clinton, more than one double... Bush has a double, when, when is the real one, if ever... Functioning, or do they just? Is it? Is it the? Do they have some sort of Manchurian candidate version of the real guy? The real guy's, I don't know, held up in a cage somewhere, while the Manchurian candidate version of the of that person is is uh, you know signing bills and making speeches and campaigning. Well, the real Bush, he's signing checks with. He's sending checks to his dad's CIA corporations. That they are superintendents of. Right. And he's signing checks as the president and CEO of the United States drawn on the treasury. You never see him. He just sits around and his dad gives him checks to sign. He signs it. But the double is the one you see on TV that you and I see. We've even seen it when he took the debate. He even made a flub during the debate. Remember, the, you could see the battery pack on his back? Yes. And he, he, during the debate, he said, hold on. And everybody looked around and said, what, what does he mean? Hold on. He got, he got his, his reader in his ear, feeding him this information, the, the line, got so far ahead of his thinking that he, he blurted out, hold on, right on air during I, the debate. I remember that. I remember, remember that. that. Yes. So, you know, there's lots of things that go on here that the, that the mass media, the liars and whore, whores of the oil-soaked, spy-riddled, monopoly press, just let fall on the floor and, and you miss it. All right, Nelson Thal is uh, with us, uh, the um, archivist for the late Marshall McLuhan, media scientist. Marshall McLuhan, um, for, for those who don't know, was was uh, a, a great believer in in conspiracy theory. He he he, um, he talked about it. He wrote about it. 
Yeah, he wrote that basically the uh, he talked about Rome. He talked about the chair of Peter jetting around the world. He talked about understanding media, how, quote, Pope Pius Twelfth was deeply concerned that there would be media study today, unquote. And he very much did uh, agreed with, with our friend uh, G. Gordon Liddy, who in his autobiography said, it's the Jesuits at Fordham who run the world. G. Gordon Liddy quote, which I've got up at bloomandsteel.com. Just click on Shock Talk and go to the photos. All right. Uh, it's so, amazing statements these people have made it, that, it, that, that, that we can pull out sure. and that the mass media don't want you to know, Rich. The state secrets, the, they don't want you to know. So, so looking ahead to 2012, yeah. what, what, what story are you following? Well, I think. I, I'll tell you what I've been following. I, I think you should look at the mass media, the major media, and we've got the Stieg Larsson story, which is below the surface, which once again is just a f- fantastic story about uh, how this man was murdered on Kristallnacht. And it's all connected with... And, this and is the Swedish... Um, the Stieg Larsson exposed IG Farben, the Borman Capital Network, with 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 the um, with WikiLeaks, as well. Right, right. He connected the whole thing. And Stieg Larsson was a reporter in Sweden, correct? He was a writer in Sweden, and three no- novel m- novels have been made into a movie. And a bit of a, a bit of a Nazi hunter. Exactly. He was an anti-Nazi, and he was killed for it. And they killed him on the night of Kristallnacht. The anniversary of the anniversary, exactly. Not the very night. I'm sorry. Well, he, but the he had ostensibly he had a heart attack. On November 9th. He had a heart attack. Well, but they, they gave him the heart attack. They gave him it. Okay. Yeah, they gave him. He had a CIA heart attack, Richard. A, C- a CIA <laughs> heart attack. He had an. A, a, never mind a CIA. Now we there's no CIA anymore. It's all alphabet soup intelligence agencies. Just the alphabet soups. They're all the. And one doesn't know what the other's they're doing. Be, Ostensibly, they're on the. They're on. They may be on different teams. The CIA versus. Uh, well, it used to be the KGB. But they don't know at the top. They're really all playing for the same team. They are, and one of the good. But but now they've got too many intelligence agencies because they no longer have the filing cabinets. They've got cray computers, so they've got to get rid of some of them. So the way they do it is they let them fight amongst each other in order to wipe each other out, and that's some of the purpose of WikiLeaks to get the intelligence agencies battling with each other. Ah, interesting, interesting. Yeah. And who last agency left standing will probably be Interpol and uh, uh, probably be Interpol and the Vatican Intelligence. Naval Intelligence, I'm, I'm, I'm told. The, yeah. uh, the Office of Naval Intelligence is sort of the granddaddy in the United States, even above the CIA. What is it about the Office of Naval Intelligence? Why do they seem to have all the power? Well, because the British Empire came here first by ah, ships. Right, right. So that was the very first intelligence agency was the naval intelligence that landed here, and All everything right. came from that. And, of course, remember that brings up the story of the other conspiracy is that um, the highest-ranking naval admiral – okay, the highest-ranking naval admiral – let's leave his name aside for a minute – Burda, Admiral Burda. I tried to arrest President Clinton, and he was assassinated. So there was a, there, there was treason. Felt he even felt that there was enough evidence to prove high-level treason, high crimes and misdemeanors of Clinton by Admiral Burda. Never reported. 
wow. ever reported, which we've reported it years ago. And I mean, that's another one of the big state secrets that they don't want you to know about. Right. Right. right? So um, we've th- these are ongoing big conspiracies that of the year that are there that just don't get talked about. That's why people won't know much about it. The uh, the the, uh, the the Michael Jackson uh, wrongful death trial. Uh, I know we're going to talk about that uh, early next year, but just give us a little. Uh, I mean, I know you've been following that. Well, a Mrs. Little, Steele little... is out in the uh, behind there, behind, listening tonight, and that's her bailiwick. Certainly, is Michael Jackson. She's done a lot of the legwork, but um, yeah, the Michael Jackson. We're in the new year. We're, I don't want to go into it tonight because it's it, we don't have time. But that was basically a show trial, right? A show trial? Yes, the do- the Good Doctor. Oh, this show trial. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's been so many show trials. This is the thing. (laughs) All right. Listen, um, uh, we're done, but I think we have time for one quick call here, if we can work them in, and that's Thomas calling uh, from somewhere uh, below the 49th parallel. Thomas, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hi, how are you? Hi, where are you calling from? Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, or as my uh, my uncle North used to say, Cincinnati. Yes. All right, Thomas. I, I, I love your guests that you got on there, and um, I wanted to mention something else, though. One of your guests that you used to have on there, I read a book. Uh, it's the uh, In the Seal Time book by Nils Hammerin. Yes, That yes. was a very good book. It took me about a month to read it, though. And it took him a lifetime to write it. So, yeah, uh, yes, the, Seal the of the End Times. The right seal. now, I, um, I believe that there is the doubles like that, and... Uh, I believe it goes way back, you know, with the doubles. I believe that uh, Hitler had a double, and uh, I I believe that they didn't get Saddam. I I believe this guy knows what he's talking about. And I enjoy your show very much. Well, Thomas, I appreciate you calling in from uh, Cincinnati. Thank you very much. I hope Thank you'll you, call sir. again. Right. Before we go, I'd like to just leave with people, with everybody, with just a couple of things to watch. One thing to watch for. Yes. That'll help people sort of untavistock themselves. Yes. Remember, the banks need to control the debt that the, the conflict produces. So they create the conflicts in order to get control of the debt so they control it. Because the real value of any conflict, and we're going to have a lot of conflicts, the real value, the true value, is in the debt that it creates. You control the debt, you control everything. And so that's keep an eye on follow the money. If you want to watch the conspiracies and learn the truth, follow the money. And the debt is the money. So watch the conflicts they create because they created the Iraq thing by the 9-11 was a trigger. Right. 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 You know, the 9-11 was create the disease. The cure was go to war. Exactly. So you watch this and then they control the debt out of the conflict so they can continue to control everything. And if if our gang the evil gang on this side, the black ops guys, lose control of the debt to Europe, then they'll control everything and we'll be out of control. Well, this is what Jefferson was talking about, right? When he said that uh, the, the banks are more dangerous than standing armies. Nelson Thal, uh, Bloom and, and uh, Shock Talk with Bloom and Steel. Uh, the, is it the last? Bloomandsteel.com. It's the last third Wednesday. Last Wednesday. 8 p.m. of every month. It's not going to be this month because we've already done it. Right. But people can just go there and listen to past shows in the archives so they can hear uh, Lenny Bloom and Mrs. Steele, Mrs. Jane Steele. She's going to be on in the New Year some point talking about the Michael Jackson 
Yes, can't wait for yeah, that one. So I look forward to that. So we'll see you. You have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. A Merry Christmas, a Merry to, Christmas you. to you, Mr. <laughs> and uh, Merry Christmas to all of you uh, listening. I'll talk to you in 2012. Uh, Kala Christu Yana. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.